You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. It was very much ego-driven, a lot of what I did. And uh, it was all about perceptions. What did other people see? Did they see what I wanted them to see versus what I was hiding? My guest today is named Di Manuel, and I guess you would call him a life coach. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, here's Di to tell us more. Okay, well, yeah, my name's Di, uh, Di Manuel, and uh, it's funny, you know, Brett, you get that question, well, what do you do? You know, like, I'm so used to that, you know, after being an entrepreneur for pretty much my entire adult life, uh, you know, you, you've, I've done my share of networking, let's just say that, and shaking hands. <laughs> and uh, people always and everybody say, hey, what, 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 so what do you do? And I used to be really ego-driven on that, so I was really attached to titles and 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 would actually define a lot of my identity to that. And up to, well, I guess I'd say about 11 years ago, you know, that all changed. And and just the two titles now that usually when people say, hey, well, introduce yourself. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a dad of two teenage girls. And uh, that's probably the title that means the most to me in the world. Uh, and then I've been dating my wife for 21 years now. And uh, so those are the titles. When people say, well, what do you do? I'm rather like, well, this is my life, you know? And uh, I try to show up and help people with transformations. Lots of different ways, you know, physical, sometimes uh, financial through their businesses. I, I've got a lot of business experience, 25 years, as well as 25 years in the health and wellness industry. So if I can help people change their life just a little bit, just a little bit, so they can gain a little bit more happiness, a little bit more joy, a little bit more fulfillment, uh, then I sleep well at night, you know? So uh, yeah. Anyways, that's that's just a little snapshot of a little bit about me. I love that, man. I really do. The Just what you said about taking the ego out and and just presenting who you are father husband that's that's beautiful man well thanks it's a it is a choice right and uh it wasn't something that i felt came naturally but it came out of necessity and uh we'll probably get into that today but uh, i'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah so I'd, I'd love to hear more you do do you do coaching correct i like to think i i'm pretty good at helping support people through it's not only challenges, but through growth. I think we're all, we all want to grow, don't we? Like, at least in some capacity. Like, I think, you know, Brett, before you, we started recording today, you know, I was just asking, like, what was that that moment that you were like, I'm going to do a podcast, you know? And I mean, that's a pretty special thing. And it doesn't just happen. Like, it happens really quick. You know, like, change can happen so fast. But sometimes there's a little bit of buildup, right, to that moment where we say, yeah, I'm going to make a change or I'm going to do something for me. I'm going to do something that I feel drawn to do. There's always a little bit of a buildup. And I, I look at the buildup phase and, and I just try to help people through that portion, you know, and, and open doors. And, and it's usually just through conversations, much like you do, you know? And, and so coach, I, I often tend to prefer referring to myself as a, more of a mentor because I tend to work with people that are looking to have changes in areas that I've already experienced change in. Do you know what I mean? Does, does that make sense? It's like, I'm better able to support people, especially if I'm, they're dealing with similar situations that I've already personally been through because there's a different element uh, and ability to, to help navigate that. And it's just like, you know, a great parent or like even yourself, right? As a podcaster, like I told you, I've got an interest in podcasting. Well, if I came to you and asked you questions and, and you were giving me some questions back to get clarity, that would be wonderful. But you, you can anticipate those kind of things because you've already been down that path. 
Do you know what I mean? Like you can say, well, what are you going to use for a mic? Or what are you going to use to edit your audio? Or what platform are you going to host on? You know, like, and I'd be like, oh man, I just thought I wanted to do a podcast. <laughs> I didn't think about all that other stuff, right? But but that's because you've been through that process. So you can ask some of these questions to help me with clarity before I even get into the hard work, get into the actual journey portion. And, and so that's sort of what I try to do for people is help them anticipate some of the things that may come up that may prevent them from achieving the changes and the results that they want. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Because I will be picking your brain on podcasting. I'm just going to plant some seeds on that one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No worries, man. I, I I love to help people. That's kind of it's kind of my thing, man. Totally. I, I pick up on that vibe 100%. <laughs> so what's kind of your bread and butter? Who's your typical client? I, I don't know. I don't know if you use the word client. Yeah. You know, I got a sort of rule of thumb, you know, if I'm going to work with somebody and spend a lot of time with them, you know, I, my wife and I, we sort of have a joke. It's like, so yeah, can you envision us sitting on a beach with them? You know, like having some coconuts, <laughs> you know, it's sort of our, our pre-screener, right? And, and it's like, yeah, I could totally see us just chilling and hanging in the sun and watching our kids play or whatever, you know, like, yeah, because I, I like to work with people I'd like to hang out with. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's probably similar to you, you know, with the, who you ask to have these conversations with. I imagine there's a, you're looking for a certain energy. You're looking for a connection. And I mean, it, that's what we're all looking for in life, right? A little bit more connection, a little bit more sense of belonging or, or even that mutual commitment we make as friends, right? It's like, hey, man, I'll be here for you. You're going to be here for me. And we're just going to support each other and trying to figure this crazy thing called life out, <laughs> And I, I, I think that, uh, that that's sort of what I do. I also tend to speak. Like I, I, I'm someone that naturally is actually introverted, <laughs> but I work as an extrovert. And that's a choice. And I had a, a friend of mine tell me, well, I'm, I'm, you're an ambivert. And I'm like, what, what is that? And he's like, well, it's someone that can do both. And I'm like, well, trust me, when I work as an extrovert, I always got to take a big break afterwards. You know, like I'll, I'll speak at a conference or I'll do a keynote or, or something along those lines. And it takes a lot of energy to put myself into that place. And I usually need a lot of downtime afterwards where I just withdraw and I'll curl up and look on my phone and watch Netflix. You know, <laughs> I just need that downtime to just unplug and not be around people, which is, is a choice, right? It's just sort of something that I've accepted. If I want to try to serve and impact people, like I got to make step outside of that comfort zone. You know, as the cliche goes, like you starting your own podcast, right? Was there any of those little voices in your head just trying to like, oh man, I don't know. Do I really want to do this? You know, like, did you have any of those? Oh yeah, of course. And I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm definitely an introvert. And I feel like when I do the podcast is when I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and being mm. an extrovert and like having those conversations and it gets easier the more I do it, the more I practice. Mm. Just, um, I mean, I think that's anything in life. The more we do something, the better we get at it because we have more practice. And yeah, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of those voices in my head, especially in the beginning. Like, I think some people refer to it as imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely had a lot of doubts of like, does anybody really want to hear me? Do I know? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, this could be a huge failure. And mm. then at the same time, I was like, well, since it's a new thing and not a whole lot of people know about it, if I fail, it's it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, I'm not really failing in front of that many people, you know? I I'm going to fail that. in front of 
my parents and my wife and a couple of friends. It's like, all right, I don't really care. Like, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Oh, well, it's that element of courage, right? It's recognizing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I feel intimidated by this idea. I, I definitely feel uncomfortable and yet acknowledging that in a rational way and, and choosing to, to move forward. And that, I mean, that is courage, you know, at, at its finest. And so that's pretty cool. Cause I think that's something that we all battle with every single day, you know, to some level, we have those little voices in our head that prevent us from doing things that we feel drawn to do. Like there's a want, there's a deep want, you know, it's like, I want to do this. Well, why do you want to do it? And when we start asking ourselves the why questions, <laughs> we start to realize there's a strong emotional connection to the things that we want to do. And the clearer we are with that, and, and the more we just sort of embrace that, at least from my experience, what I've observed is, gosh, it, it lights people up, right? Like, it, you just, you see just their entire lives shift. And, and it can be something super small. It doesn't have to be major. You know, like I, I had a client, you know, she just started to take the stairs every day, you know, like just that one little thing, rather, you know, like with COVID and things shutting down and not having gyms and, you know, just those restrictions, it's limited a lot of people from what they're accustomed to doing from even just a regular movement every day, you know, just how they move their bodies. And uh, hers was just, okay, well, was on the eighth floor. I'm going to walk up and down the stairs every day, you know, anytime I got to leave my building to go get some, I'm going to take the stairs. But that one little piece compounded over time over a period of a month or two months or three months it's amazing how that subtle shift and, and now it's looking for those other opportunities to move the body you know with purpose so it's like instead of going to the corner store or the local coffee shop where you know by my car two or three blocks away i'm gonna walk there and back you know and so so and i bring up this because it's just a subtle lifestyle shift right and yet it has a great positive shift on other areas in our life. And I think that's the beautiful thing about any sort of changes or, or, or leaning into those fears and, and challenging them, pushing back on them, because we realize we have so much more potential that we're probably limiting, you know, just, just that lack of self-belief and self-commitment. So uh, Brett, you inspire me, man, like leaning in and doing it. And that's why I'm like, after talking to you, I'm going to be talking to my wife today. I'm going to be like, I'm, Totally doing this podcast. And you know, so you you mark my words, Brett. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's exactly what you gotta do. Cause I I toyed around with the idea for weeks, maybe even months, and then I was talking to another friend that he was thinking about starting a podcast and he was like, just do it. And so I did. <laughs> and then then here he comes a few months later, he's like, All right, I'm gonna start mine. And then he's like, What do I do? I'm like, All right, well, here's what I've learned. You know, let's let's talk about your gear, like you were talking about. Let's talk about gear. Let's talk about a host. Let's let's get you a plan, and and so we did that. And and he Super waited cool. around for a little bit and and kind of procrastinated, but you know he got all the stuff that he needed. And then I went over there, hung out with him. We recorded an episode, and I was like, "All right, you did it. Like you're a podcast." <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh man, how cool is that? Oh, I love that you even showed up to help him do it. You know, that first episode, like how good is that? Sometimes I think that's what we all want, right? We want that, that little bit of mentorship or that, that support. Yeah. And uh, when we get it, all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, it's just somebody else that believes in me, right? Like that's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to have that, that cheerleader. And uh, that's why I say like, you're in for a treat. You know, I know you have a, a newborn, due to arrive soon enough and uh listen man that's uh 
it's going to be your biggest cheerleader, you know? <laughs> You're going to be the first superhero there. You're going to be the first hero, right? Like, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. Kids are an interesting motivation, you know, and inspiration, if anything. So, anyways, uh, I digress. But uh, where are we going? I, I, I'm, like, starting to, to, to lose my train of thought. I'm like, oh, what was it? What were we just talking about? We were talking about change, right? And, and leaning into some of the fear and doing it anyways. So, yeah, yeah. I love the point that you brought up about like the mentorship kind of aspect. And I think for me, that's kind of been a big factor in my life. You know, I'm, I'm a recovering addict. I'm involved in a 12 step program. So, so I have a sponsor and that's kind of the model that I've, that's kind of a mentor style relationship where it's somebody that's several years older than me that has more experience and, he helps guide me through the process. And so I think I've kind of taken that idea and and brought that into other aspects of my life of like, these people have helped me with these kind of things. So I want to be that person that can help somebody that's just starting out like, hey, here's what I did. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. And so I think that is, is really kind of spread into all areas of my life. It's... uh Oh man, that's powerful. And uh, also just want to acknowledge you. I mean, that's, this has been 11 years since I had a drink, you know, uh, and uh, since I've had alcohol in my system and uh, also narcotics, you know, which often alcohol, my alcohol abuse would lead to that. And uh, so I, I recognize this, this chosen sobriety is a big deal, you know, the, the, to choose you, your life, your, your willingness to, face up to the challenges, right? Like, I mean, that's what a lot of it is, is, I mean, what do we use for, right? Like, I don't know what your motivations were, but for me, it was just a way to escape, to, to numb myself, right? Like just sort of avoid some of the stress and the anxiety, at least in the moment, put it off to tomorrow. <laughs> I'll deal with that tomorrow. For tonight, I'll have a few drinks, you know? And uh, it's amazing how that just becomes a habit. Just becomes a habit, you know. A better part of my twenties and uh, into my early thirties, like that was it. That was just what I did. And uh, you talk about imposter syndrome. Holy smokes, I was uh, feeling way out of integrity, right? Because I was acting like this. I always thought I was going to be this great man, and and you know, obviously, great is a very subjective term. You've got to sort of qualify or quantify that any way you want. But for me, it was like have a great career, you know, be able to make good money, have a family have the cars, have the house, like, you know, have the title and my, my work, you know, that respect, the accolades, like all these things, right. All this imaginary checklist of what I thought was successful and just chasing after it. But basically I was just the donkey, you know, and somebody had that carrot out there. I don't even know who made the carrot, you know, but it's out there and I, I can never reach it. And it used to drive me crazy because, you know, the further I got away from realizing what I thought was going to make me happy, the more depressed I became, the more anxious, the more withdrawn at times, the more I felt I needed to just, well, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm like, ah, anxious, a couple drinks, it'll be okay, you know, and just that pattern emerges, and it's crazy how it affects every other area of life eventually. <laughs> I've had debates with people like, well, I, I'm okay, like, it doesn't really affect my other part, I'm like, you want to have this conversation really, you know, <laughs> let's, let's own up to this. Like it's, it's recognizing that every choice, every action that we have has subsequent reactions, right? Like there's 
cause and effect. And uh, whether we accept those direct effects or not, uh, we have to come to terms every once in a while and recognize, hey, is this pattern good for me or is it not? I mean, that's all it is. Like, I'm not to vilify drugs or alcohol. I mean, to each their own. Like, I just know for myself, it wasn't working, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I was going to lose everything. Yeah. You can dive into that if you want a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you on a cliffhanger there. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was quite the change 11 years ago, you know? Yeah, I would love to hear more about your journey and recovery and how you decided that, that you'd had enough and what, what led up to that. Well, you know, 11 years ago, I did what I did really well. Came home really late. Don't remember how I got home. You know, and uh, I mean, I had this ability. I would just turn my cell phone off and just tell my wife, oh man, my phone died. You know, like just, I, I had all these things that I would do out of anticipation. And I would do it before I'd even really started the drinking, you know, or, or, or the partying or whatever it was I was doing, you know, basically just running away from dealing with a lot of other issues that uh, I just didn't really accept. And uh, so here I'm waking up the next morning and um, my wife is is clearly perturbed, <laughs> to put it politely. You know, she was pretty uh, upset because, you know, my kids were at this time four and six. And they were uh, watching Dora the Explorer. And uh, please don't ever introduce that to your child because that theme song, man, when it gets in, it will override everything. <laughs> but I still remember it was one of my kids' favorite shows, you know, and they're there watching Dora the Explorer. I come into the kitchen and uh, my wife's unloading the dishwasher and giving me like this crazy stink eye, right? Like just, I could just tell. Like now my wife's a redhead and tinge of ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and she is fiery, right? And uh, it's in her heritage. She she wears her heart on her sleeve, but she'll also wear her emotions on her sleeve. And uh, if she's not happy, she will let you know. And uh, I've always appreciated that about it. Uh, uh, her her ability to do that because I'm I'm someone that naturally doesn't express his emotions very well. You know, I know that of myself. Now I'm working on it, but it's it's always a challenge. And uh, so here she is, you know, and she's upset and the crazy thing was is normally when my wife would look at me and this is the thing the reason why i fell in love with her way back when was you know when she looks at me i can tell that she sees in me potential that i can't necessarily see in myself and i think that's the amazing thing about that life partner that when we have that person like they look at us and they just see nothing but amazing potential you know and they want the best for us and here i was abusing that you know, taking advantage of that. And I'd done this for years and years, but because I knew that, you know, we loved each other and she'll forgive me, you know, that, that idea of coming for forgiveness <laughs> rather than necessarily permission, right? Like that, I would never say, oh, I'm going to go out with my friends. Is that okay? No, I just go out, <laughs> you know, and I would justify why I would do that, you know, because I was the income earner and I was the provider and all these things that the titles that I talked about earlier, you know, the ego, it was very much ego driven, a lot of what I did. And uh, it was all about perceptions. What did other people see? Did they see what I wanted them to see versus what I was hiding? And so here's my wife sitting me down, very upset. And um, we proceed to, to, well, she proceeds to tell me, you know, this is not the environment that our daughters deserve to be raised in. Going to take the kids. Like, we're done. 
And obviously, you know, this, this is hard. We're both crying and, and, you know, the kids are glued on the door of the Explorer, which was great. You know, they're just off in the other room. And, and, uh, cause I didn't want them to know what we were talking about and want them to see their dad crying, you know, like just, I, I remember just all these certain concerns in my head and, uh, we, we got to a point cause I, I, she could tell that something was different. Like I had shifted. I was sharing a lot more than I normally would share. And, uh, and it, not out of a need or a necessity, but because I really just wanted to, you know, I, I, fought, I felt like I'm going to be a bit vulnerable here. I'm going to share some of the stress, like, you know, this idea, like I'm failing at everything I'm doing and there's all the stress and pressure on me to succeed. And I don't feel like I'm succeeding and just started sharing all these things. And, and she asked me a question. She said, diary, being the type of man you'd want your daughters to marry. Are you being the type of man you would want your daughter somewhere? And the song, like it, like a song that just sort of repeats in your head, you know, you get that lyric and it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't get it out of my head. Well, that question became that for me. And I started to realize that I could not tell her otherwise. You know, I couldn't look her in the eye right then and there and actually confidently be able to give her an, an answer that I believe to be true. You know, like, no, I am a great dad. I am a great man. Cause all of a sudden I realized, man, if a guy like me at that time showed up on my doorstep and wanted to talk to my daughters, let alone maybe sit down with them, have a meal or anything else, even romantic, I wouldn't let him across the threshold. I'd be like, no freaking way. But yet that's who I was role modeling to them. I was saying, this is what's okay. And uh, right then and there, I made a commitment to, to myself, but to my family as well as, going to go one year without drinking you know one year no alcohol which you know i don't think i'd ever had anything like that since i was like 16 17 right like <laughs> i don't remember a time ever going that long without having a drink and uh so that was it it was a one-year commitment and i realized after making the commitment and getting into it because i was in a much different space i was like yeah i'm, I'm doing this you know for me uh, and i realized really quick that i just kicked away my crutches <laughs> and I had a leg that was a bit atrophied. Let's put it that way. And, and I had a limp and, and, you know, here I am thinking I'm just gonna be able to start running right away. I, and, you know, take away those crutches. I realized that I didn't have a lot of tools or resources or skill sets to help me navigate this newfound sobriety. And that's where I needed support. And so, you know, psychologists, uh, I had a counselor, a relationship counselor, you know, I attended some meetings. Like I, I basically just started doing a bunch of different stuff to really just focus on me. You know, I realized I got to work on me because I am the, the, the connecting factor in all these things. <laughs> you know, I am the, the, the center of this web and everything that's happening around me. I, I ultimately had an effect on that positively or negative depends on how you want to look at it you know <laughs> but uh and that was that just that full-on ownership of this is how i got here this is my life and these are the choices that brought me here but where i want to go it, it's away from here and, and just being aware of those decisions after the fact so there's lots of different things i don't know for yourself brett like what what have you found to be most influential in in your development in recovery, like as you've progressed and, and been down this path, like what have you found has been, been the habits or, or the inputs? I often will say, you know, like, you know, it's all often, but what do we feed our, our minds with, right? Like what is influencing a lot of our belief systems, our understanding, our knowledge sets? Like what is it that's moving in? And I find that controlling the inputs and controlling who I associate with 
were two of the biggest factors that helped me with just navigating the change. I'm curious about for yourself. Well, I think, I think that's huge. You know, it's a cliche kind of thing that we hear a lot, but the people that we surround ourselves is what we become. So I think that's a huge part of the recovery journey or just any sort of positive change in our life is we need to surround ourselves with people that we want to be like, Mm. you know, even from my experience, like picking a sponsor, I picked a man that behaved in a way that I wanted to behave. You know, I saw, I saw the way that he treated his wife. I saw the way that he handled difficult situations with his kids. And I saw how he handled himself at work and I, I wanted to be like that. So I asked him to be my sponsor. So I, I I totally agree that, that who we surround ourselves with is important Mm -hmm. because we become what we surround ourselves with. One of the other huge pieces, at least for me on this journey that I've learned is, is getting new perspectives on things because for so long I was stuck with my perception, how I viewed the world. And I didn't ever think about how anybody else saw things, how, you know, didn't think about anybody else's opinion. The only opinion that mattered is mine. What do I want? How am I going to get that? How am I going to make the people around me do what I want them to do? And then there's that perspective change of like, man, I'm not the center of the universe. Other people view things differently. Other people behave differently because of their experiences, like beginning to see the beauty of the other people around you and, and what they can bring to the table, what they can offer. And, you know, just having those conversations and getting to know people and, and and how they see things, why they see things, what they believe, Mm. you know, what their convictions are. And that's been a big part of this podcast too, is, is just the opportunity to get to talk to people all around the world with all kinds of different lived experiences and, Mm -hmm. and understanding and wisdom and, you know, successes, failures. It's just a beautiful thing to be able to connect to the world around you and, and to get some new information. That's not just the same tape on repeat in my head, you know, get something yeah. new in there. So that's been huge. It's powerful, man. Like the, everything you just said there, like those are all like, even just one of those habits, right. Or one of those shifts, if you will, like, like even just being open enough to recognize that, you know, maybe my perspective isn't a hundred percent on par with everybody else's, you know what I mean? Like maybe the way I look at this one little aspect of my life, well, maybe, maybe I'm not right. You know, like it's actually accepting that maybe uh, I don't know as much as I think I know. Right. And it's that, that admitting that I really don't know what I don't know. And, And I think it takes a lot for someone to be able to say that, but also to recognize it and internalize it, but then actually to do something about it. Right. Like it's like, okay, well, do I want to change that? We very often find ourselves in our lives and, you know, and it sounds like a cliche, but you know, we hear the expression at a fork in the road, right? Like we, we come to this point where we feel like we got two options and gosh, which one do I do? Do I go left or go right? Do I go up or go down? You know, like, do I make this change or not make this change? And I think sometimes we get to a place where, you know, both options seem really scary. 
And we often just choose the one that seems less scary, <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's okay. As long as we recognize that. And, and is that what influenced this? Was it a fear-based decision or was it a decision that I reasoned through? And I, I don't think it's ever easy to answer, nor is it easy to be aware of oneself when faced with that situation and to actually be able to look at it rationally versus emotionally. Because we're just emotional beings, right? Like a lot of people say, no, we're humans that are emotional. I'm like, no, we're emotional humans. You know, we're sentient beings. We feel stuff. <laughs> like that's who we are. So learn how to unroll with that, right? How to channel it, how to observe it when it's happening. And, and I think, you know, just to add to your list of things that have been useful, like meditation or that practice of mindfulness daily, gratitude, you know, reflecting on what am I grateful for? And I'm sure those are probably things that you've also done. Um, but those are things that are, are kind of front of mind for me that have stuck. Like those are like some of those habits that I, I will, I believe are timeless, you know, and they, they, they doesn't matter whether you're someone on a journey of recovery or not. These are still practices that are, are awesome for going from having a good life to a great life. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that just that ability to, to shift and, and uh, see things just differently. You know, and, and find the joy in every moment that we're alive versus, you know, thinking about, well, I'm not going to be really joyful until I have that vacation. Oh, well, restrictions. I'm going to have to wait till after that. You know, but limiting our happiness or sense of joy based on things that might be out of our control. These types of conversations, like, I get me really excited only because I, I can imagine that people listening to this, they're, they're automatically thinking of instances in their own life where they've been in these situations where they've had these epiphanies, if, the, if you will, or they've had these moments where it's like, I know that if I lean into this more, I do a little bit more of this, there's going to be some big changes. But sometimes changes are scary, right? Because it's the unknown again. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I have gone through big changes and because I went through that, that whole transformation 11 years ago, you know, like, well, I started a transformation journey. I started a, a process of really connecting to what I wanted to be, you know, and then leaning into that, right? But on that process, I realized that the path, the career I'd been in for 17 years wasn't where I was going to be happiest any longer. And then coming to a realization, I was like, oh man, this thing, this journey I've been on for 17 years here, thinking that this is the path, this is what I'm meant to be doing, this is my vocation for life. And all of a sudden thinking, I don't think it is. I think I'm meant to do something else. In fact, I feel drawn to do something else. Well, what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to quit this job. What am I going to do? Like, you know, it's like, oh man, like, your world gets rocked, right? Because all of a sudden you think, yeah, this thing that I'm doing, this career that I'm in, like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to be doing. Because for years and years, that's what I believed. And all of a sudden, you know, you go through this big shift, perspective changes, your, your view on life changes. And it's like, whoa, this path that I'm on, I think I'm going to have to change it. And that was scary. Like, I, I mean, I think a lot of people deal with that one. You know, especially in the year that we just had, you know, a lot of people's vocations have been challenged just because the way we do work, the kind of works that we do, <laughs> the kind of services we provide, it's all been challenged over this last year. So I think all of us are in that space of just like reviewing things, right? And uh, anyways, I, um, I digress again. Sorry. <laughs> I have this tendency to go off in these wild, like, it's kind of like a boomerang, right? We'll go, ah. Okay, when is he coming back? I don't know. It's a, he threw that pretty far. <laughs> you know, it's like it's going to come back up. It is up back of the head at some point. Anyways, uh, my apologies on that. No, no, no worries. I, I appreciate you sharing part of your recovery journey and and kind of the events that led up to you seeking that change. I really appreciate you sharing that. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for creating a space that I felt comfortable sharing it. <laughs> yeah. But also it's, it's cool because I, I also know that the people that are listening to this or, or watching it, you know, I know that they too have their own stories. You know, we all have these stories we, and, and I love it because you and I, our, our stories, well, today they intersected, didn't they? Like there's this moment where our two stories, our two narratives intertwine. And I, and I think that it's those intersections in life that, that make life really interesting, right? Because sometimes, I mean, we almost feel like it's random, but is it random or is it meant to happen? Like, and this is where I get going on these sort of philosophical rants. My background's in philosophy and English lit, <laughs> but I, I ended up working in the fitness industry because, you know, philosophy and English lit, it's like, well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> but I, I, as, as my parents say, what a useless <laughs> degree, but whatever, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I love these kind of conversations around life because I think we all share that one thing in common. I think we all want a little bit more happiness and we all deserve that. So how can we support each other in, in getting it, right? And uh, so anyways, this conversation has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It's always great to connect with with more people and like you were saying, to have our stories intersect and get some new perspectives, get some new ideas. And I, I really appreciate it, man. I love your energy and just the positivity that you bring. I think it's fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm definitely biased to optimism. So uh, <laughs> it's, it, uh, and some people they're like, ah, oh, you're, you're almost, you know, overly optimistic. And I'm like, yeah, it's definitely a bias, uh, but I prefer it to the alternative. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, what's the opposite of that? Well, I don't want to be biased to negativity. I'll tell you that. I've been there before and didn't serve me very well. <laughs> so it's, it is a choice. And I, I think that's, if I'm going to leave anything with anybody today and uh, I'm going to riff on something the Buddha said, you know, like 2,500 years ago, this too shall pass. You know, we're all dealing with our challenges in life, but we get through them and, and we learn from them if we choose to. And, uh, but the thing is about Buddha, even though he said this too shall pass. And a lot of us think it just means that the hard stuff in life, the hardships, the challenging stuff, like, yeah, don't worry, we'll get through this. We're resilient. Yeah, we are. We're resilient. But he was also talking about the good stuff. You know, those moments, like when your first child's born and your second child, your third child, you know, it's always a big event. But the first time you met your wife, right? Or, or, or your life partner, you know, that, that first time you accomplished that really hard task on the day that you launched your podcast, like there's all these amazing things, but they happen. And then they pass, right? And, and so it's this idea of just bringing back our awareness to right now. And, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, Tony Robbins, Simon Sinek, a lot of these talk about the, these concepts. But it's just a matter of creating the space for us to think about right now and be appreciative of what we got right now. So that practice of daily gratitude, maybe some journaling, some little bit of meditation. Gosh, little, little tiny things. I want to invite anybody that's listening to this, just, just implement just a little bit of that. Do it for 30 days and write me if you don't notice any positive changes. You know, I probably won't hear from anybody now. I should probably say, hey, reach out if you see some positive shifts. <laughs> Be more opportunity to have conversations because I don't think anybody will reply because I know based on what I've gone through and, and you know, the, the people I've had an opportunity to connect with, uh, it's just such a simple thing and uh, you can't help but make your life better. And uh, I, I hope I can leave that with everybody today. You know, like just that, that reassurance that, hey, you're not alone. You got this. So let's do it. You know, anyways, 
game on. <laughs> awesome. Well, would you like to let the listeners know if they want to find out more about you and what you're doing, where can they do that? Oh, sure. Well, it, the cool thing about having a unique name, it's, it's unique and it's pretty SEO friendly because <laughs> I don't have met anybody else with my name, but Dai spelled D-A-I. It's a Welsh name for David. And then my last name is Portuguese, Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. And uh, yeah, I'm a mix. But as I say to everybody, I'm, I'm a Canadian. Okay. So that's just pretty much par for the course up here. <laughs> We're all a little bit of everything. And uh I'm really easy to find on social, Facebook and Instagram. I'm most active, but also uh, on TikTok and the other channels, just just my name. Um, but it, what's probably of greatest value for those that are listening, if you go to my website, which is just my name.com, so diamondwall.com, uh, there's over 1,500 articles that I've um, curated as well as published over the last, gosh, 12 years. I've been creating content, and it's all geared to just helping you get a little bit more out of everyday life. You know, And when I say everyday, it's just – it's literally – a little bit more every day. And if you get a little bit of improvement every day, it's amazing what happens in a very short period of time. So it's just all lots of information and uh, good luck when you go down that rabbit hole. It is a bit of a rabbit hole. There's a lot of twists and turns. And I mean, we talk about fitness one day and the next day I'm talking about hormones and the day after that I'm talking about mindset, you know, like it's all over the map. So uh, I apologize for that. This is just a bit of the way my brain works sometimes. So uh, anyways game on, enjoy it. And uh, if anybody has any questions, reach out anytime. I got tons of free resources on my site and Brett, but you know, before we say goodbye, I just want to acknowledge you, man. Like, honestly, like, thank you for putting this out to the world, but also in a niche that needs a bigger voice, you know, like it really does. Like the recovery journey is not a, it's not a light journey. You know, it, I think it leads us to lightness, but it's hard. You know, I think back to my changes, it was hard, you know, it, it was really hard, but it didn't matter how hard it was, it was worth it. And, and I can see what you're putting out to the world and the content you're creating, the space that you're providing people to, to share and talk about this is, is really important. So I uh, just wanted to acknowledge you and say, thanks. Like, uh, really, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you. And I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day and coming on the show and sharing with whoever's listening about your journey, what you're doing. Like I said, I love your positivity. Just your message is, is so great, man. I really, I really do appreciate it. Very encouraging. Thanks, man. Well, we'll have more conversations and I and mark my words. Everybody can listen to this right now. Just you wait because Brett will be on my podcast <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> so, so there, I just went on. Uh, I'm on record now saying that. So uh, um, anybody that knows me, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So um Thanks for giving me that, that little push, Brett. Absolutely. Glad to help. Di, thank you again for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Be sure to check out his website for more information. The link for that will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.